0: And if we claim that there is a supernatural, beyond nature world, that is a really foolish thing to do. There would be another source. We can't go there scientifically to find it. How would we get it? The answer is revelation, a supernatural source. And so God has prepared for us things that we have not experienced. And why do we speculate about heaven? because we don't know. There's a lot of things we know about heaven, but there's so many more things we don't know, and I've talked about that, you know, the kicking a whole rock thing and things like that. Uh, we only know what he's told us, uh, but, we, but he hasn't told us more, and, and we haven't been there and seen it for ourselves, and even things we know. I hear all sorts of things about places I have never been, right? It's like, oh, I feel like if I went there, I'd know it. But you get there and you find out, wow, this is so much more than I ever imagined. What, what really shocked me What really surprised me when we went to the Caribbean a couple years ago was the water was warm. (laughs) It's like, wow, this is ocean water. It's supposed to be cold. Everybody in Washington state knows ocean water is cold, right? (laughs) It's like, and you, you hear those things and you know them and they make sense, but somehow your brain doesn't grab it until you're there. Right? And, 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 you, and you learn things. And I suspect if, even if God told us more about heaven, if he just plain revealed, we couldn't take it in. We couldn't, there are things that we, we couldn't take in because we couldn't understand. There's things we couldn't take in because it's just too much. For it. We can only take in so much at any one time. Right? And, and I don't think we'd be able to appreciate it. And the thing is, is when, when this is a quote from the Old Testament because God has done things like this before. In the past, God has done things that he never did before right? Creation. When God created the world, he'd never done that before. <laughs> when God flooded the earth, he'd never done that before. When God split the Red Sea, he'd never done that before. God did things that he'd never done before. So I'm going to turn real quick to Isaiah 64. Uh, it's, the quote is pretty much Isaiah 64 verse 4. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 4. Okay, Isaiah 64 verses 1 through 4. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence as the fire kindles brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things which we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. You hear what he's saying? He's talking about what God has done before, but it was a totally unexpected thing. When you came down and the mountains quaked, uh, 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 everybody... You did things we did not expect, for from days of old they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye be- seen a God beside you who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. And Isaiah is saying, saying God, you are the only God who actually acts on behalf of people. No, no one's ever seen another God do this. No one's ever heard another God do this. You're the only God who does. Oh, that you would do it again. The funny thing is, is when when you look at Isaiah, God did a lot of things during Isaiah's time as a prophet. It is Isaiah who says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It is Isaiah who says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. It is Isaiah who in the days of Hezekiah came and told him, God's going to deliver you, and a hundred, an angel of the Lord came and killed 185,000 Assyrian armies, people who were outside the gates ready to to storm it. It was Isaiah who when Hezekiah came and said, uh, Hezekiah was going to die and he asked, Isaiah said, you won't die, let me give you a sign. And the sun moved backwards. The shadow moved backwards on the steps. I forget how many steps it went back. And it was in Isaiah's day that these things happened. It's like, Isaiah, you're seeing signs. (laughs) You're seeing signs. They're happening. He says, oh, that you would give us a sign that you would come down. And convince the people. And I, I'm kind of going, well, it's, it, it, it shows you that God is doing signs. Sometimes we wonder, why do, why is this not going on today? Well, I'll tell you what, one reason why is that it didn't help. It didn't help. People saw these things. They go, wow, isn't God awesome? And they went off and worshiped or did their other evil things. It didn't help them uh, to, to do better. Uh, I think that's one reason God doesn't do more things like that. But he has done them, and he says, we, and we want them. We, want, we would love to see God do miraculous, big, and God does miracles. I'm not saying, don't, don't get me wrong on that, but, but we would love to see more of them. We'd like to just walk around in that power all the time. Instead, he gives us wisdom. <laughs> uh, he gives us wisdom. God's works are supernatural. I'm going to come back to my point, which is God's work, God's revelation, as opposed to, to what is natural or science. When God does these things, they're totally unpredictable. You can't wake up and see on your calendar today God is going to part the Red Sea because they didn't know it. They didn't anticipate it. The people are standing there watching and Moses takes that stick and he holds it out over the water. Well, uh, he must be going to turn it to blood because that's what he's done before. Right? He didn't turn it to blood. Instead, the water went zap and pulled away, so that they could go through. They could not anticipate that. They did not see it. They did not expect it. You could not predict it by laws of nature or science or, or looking at the you know having a meteor meteor, meteor meteorologist. <laughs> weather person, uh, get out there and and say it's going to happen. It it doesn't follow. It doesn't make sense. You cannot predict it. It is something only God does, and it, it is not following the rules of nature. God's works are supernatural. They deny anticipation, and they deny explanation right? The only thing you can say is, God did it, and God can do it because God does things like that. No one else can do what God does. There is no other God. No one has seen another God do these things. They worship their gods. They have their sun gods, and they have their their rain gods, and they have their storm gods, and they have their their harvest gods, and they have their fertility gods, and they they do all these things, and then just what naturally happens, happens because those gods don't do anything. But when God, the real God acts, he does things beyond expectation explanation and comprehension, Uh, and and these people have not seen that. They have not seen one. They have not heard one, and in Isaiah, he's actually not talking about things that have never happened, but things that have not happened later, uh, lately. In 1 Corinthians, we're reading both about what he reveals to us, because he says, back in 1 Corinthians, he says, for to us God revealed them through the Spirit. So he's talking about things God has revealed. And he's also talking about things that God has not yet revealed. He has not yet revealed to us. Things that, that the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard. There is more to experience. That We know there's more to experience. Heaven is not going to be this forever. right? Some of you go, well, I kind of like this. Well, the part you like, that part might be forever. (laughs) Some of you may go, man, I'm so glad it won't be this forever. (laughs) Because it's like, I'm tired of this already. Can we just move on? right? Heaven is not going to be like this. He's got things that the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, the mind has not imagined. The mind has not grasped these things. Things which have not entered the heart of man, we sing, I can only imagine. Then the next line is, no, you can't. (laughs) Because he says it hasn't entered the mind of man. It is not possible for us to imagine it. It is beyond the scope of our imagination. And when I think of that, you know what I think of when I think of the scope of my imagination? I'm not thinking of my waking imagination because it's dull and boring. But my dream imagination, right? Do you guys have, anybody here else have weird dreams that you go, where did that come from? Right? (laughs) That imagination too, it's beyond that. It's beyond your imagination, things that have not entered the heart of man, things that you cannot come up with. And that's what God has prepared for us. And it's it's all good. It's all awesome. You know, I think about this building thing and the money, the money thing. I, I want you to have this mind about this. Don't go, oh, no, that's so much money. Oh, no, I want you to have this mind about it. We believe God told us or wants us to build this building, right? We started this with that understanding. Right. Well, in that case, I am excited to see what God's going to do. Right? Do not be afraid of this. Be excited about this. This is this is kind of fun. Have you know, If you ever read The Hobbit, right? Adventures are hard things. I, who would ever want to go on an adventure? life is an adventure. I'll tell you what, a building program is an adventure. Who wants a boring building program? So let's get back to away from the word from the sponsor. No more, no more advertisement here. And, and so back to this, I say more than science, and it's not an attack on science in any way. It would be dumb to not use science. It would be dumb to not promote science. Science is an important, valuable thing uh, that, that we have. But science is limited to what is natural and predictable. By definition, science cannot know what is supernatural. It's a whole different realm. But God is real. And God does real things. And He reveals real things. And those are the things that He has given us that they don't have. They don't have that. We have knowledge. We have revelation. We have understanding that they don't have. So we should not think like them. If our thinking is limited to their thinking, if it doesn't go by, I said I was done with the building program, I'm not. If our thinking is only what we can do as far as this building goes, then we're in trouble. Right? If our thinking is about what God can do as far as this building goes, then it's time to be excited. Because God is acting. Okay, so so God gives us knowledge of Him. Let me read verses 10 through 13. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. God reveals truths to us that we otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, we wouldn't have them. We didn't, we didn't think them up. For example... Right. Try this one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Okay. Now we can we can we 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 hear sermons on this. We figure out okay, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? How is it the kingdom of God? What does this mean and how does it work and all this stuff? But we wouldn't have that knowledge uh, without without revelation. Because why do the humble ex- inherit anything? It's the bold that get it, the guy who's going to climb the ladder, the guy who steps on the back of the guy in front of him. He's the guy that's going to get it, right? That's what common sense tells us. That's what observation tells us. But God says, blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. It's revelation. We wouldn't know that. In fact, we'd be sitting there, we we would be teaching our kids how best to climb over each other to get get what they want. And the winner is going to be the toughest kid the one who climbs best on other people's backs because he's the one that's gonna make the most money or have the most power or something like that but revelation tells us blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of god let's move down a few verses that's matthew five part of the Beatitudes. let's move to the last, uh, to, to the end of those blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who are persecuted how could that possibly make sense how could that possibly work Observation does not tell you that observation does not say oh boy it's fun to be picked on right but revelation tells us if you are picked on for the sake of the gospel if you are picked on for the sake of Christ then blessed are you are better off for that okay revelation tells us that we don't figure that out. We don't understand that by testing and observation, by repetition, because all we find is more persecution, more suffering. It's not fun. But by revelation, we know that it is true. Try this one. Job chapter 19. Uh, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God, whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes will see and not another. After this flesh is destroyed, these eyes will see God. Now that takes revelation, (laughs) because observation does not tell you that. In fact, not only will these eyes see God, but they won't be wearing these, (laughs) and they won't have glaucoma, right? They're going to have perfect, I don't know what perfect vision is in heaven. Is it 2020? Yeah, it's like, like, I don't know. I mean, will we be able on a dark night to come out and look at the stars, see little aliens walking around the planets (laughs) trying to see if they believe in God? That's on the back. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Anyway... How do we know this? How do, why would we possibly believe this is true? Not because we've seen it, not because we've observed it, not because it, we have figured it out, but because God has revealed it to us. Try this one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What do we have? We have revelation from God telling us things we cannot figure out. God is exp- giving us these things, and, and so they are knowledge. These are knowledge. These are truths as true as gravity. These are truths as true as the internal combustion engine that makes that NASCAR car in your garage work, if you could drive it. right? Uh, We don't have them by figuring figuring them out. We have them by revelation, but they are truths. They are absolute truths that we can count on. And we have these things because we have the Spirit of God. Look at verses 10 and 11. Uh, For who... uh, God has revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Right? The Spirit of God knows the thoughts of God, and he gave us the Spirit of God. Nobody knows what's in him. I do not know what you're thinking right now. I would love to say you're thinking deeply about this message. (laughs) But I know some of you are thinking about I'm not even going to throw things out because, yeah, you're trying to figure out what this coin is I have up here. or Something is. Yeah, uh, you, your your minds are going and on some some of your rabbit trailing down different places. That's I do that. Uh, some of relevant ra- rabbit trails, hopefully. Uh, and or or you're listening carefully, or you're in somewhere else entirely. I lost you when I said Caribbean, right? <laughs> and uh, and it's gone. Okay, I don't know what you're thinking. No one knows what is in the spirit of a man except what is in, in the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man. And so the spirit of God knows the thoughts of God, and he's given us his spirit. Now, God has not revealed everything about himself. We could not handle it if he did. I think in heaven we will not have that kind of comprehension, uh, but, but what we do have is true. Right? We have it because we have the Spirit of God, and He gave it to us. The Spirit of the world cannot reveal those things. The Spirit of the world can only reveal the things of the world, which is not bad. It's good to know the things of the world. But if we are from beyond this world, if our citizenship is beyond this world, we ought to be somewhat familiar with the citizenship that we have and the world that we belong to right the nation that is our nation they are limited to this world and we are citizens of another because we have the Spirit of God we have the things freely revealed by God and then he says verse 13 which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom but in those taught by the Spirit combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words do you come to church to learn practical knowledge for everyday life I mean practical worldly knowledge do you come to learn how to fix a car now you might I might have a problem, and after church, I'll pull Dion aside or Robert aside or, you know, someone aside and say, hey, I have this problem. What is it? By the way, Joan, I know what to do with that button now. So <laughs> I had a button on my pickup I didn't even know was there. <laughs> now I know. So, okay. <laughs> I've only had it for two and a half years. Uh, I get so distracted. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you come to church to learn spiritual truths. And spiritual doesn't mean not practical truths. They are practical truths of a spiritual nature. Right? So, so you may, we don't come to learn, learn business, for instance. But you might come and learn how Christianity affects your dealings as a businessman. Right? You might come and learn how to be a better businessman, how to be a godly businessman. Right? How, how it works with, with these things. We are living in a physical world. We need to know physical things, but spiritual things and physical things intersect in the Christian's life. And they should be intersecting all the time. Your Christianity should affect everything about your life. It should certainly affect the words that come out of your mouth, it should, come out, it should affect the things you will watch or not watch, it should affect the things you will do or not do, the places you will go or not go the things you will say to a neighbor who's hurting, the things you will do with your money, right? Your spiritual life should affect all those things in ways that it does not affect the world because we have the mind of Christ and we understand things they don't have. Their thoughts are limited to this world and we are citizens of another. Their values are limited to this world and our values should be vi- uh, values of another. And because we're living in this spiritual world and they intersect, it should affect, their, their, as I mentioned, the Christian, Christian businessman, Christian doctor, Right? This doctor says, you know what? Can I pray with you? Because I can do this much, but God can do that. Right? The, Christian, the Christian teacher... You know, who actually doesn't just want to teach the students, but wants to reach the students. Doesn't want to simply help them live this life better, but wants to bless them for eternity. And whatever you can say in the classroom, however limited it is, does not affect that in the fact that you can find ways and do things. these spiritual truths we offer, these spiritual truths we teach affect how we live. And in a way that may not make sense to others. Others may not at all understand the things you do. If a non-believer looked in your checkbook, he should be baffled. Really? This is what you do with your money? Really? Don't you know how much more money you could have if you didn't do that? Don't you know that you could drive a better car if you didn't do that? Don't you know that you could... And the fact is, first of all, he's wrong, because God blesses Uh, a, 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 and more than provides, but the, the non-Christian should be baffled as he looks at your checkbook. It should not make sense to him. Your Christianity affects everything about your life in ways that maybe don't make any, doesn't make any sense to others. And so we move on, verses 14 to 16. God has given us the ability to receive this knowledge. When I say that, I mean, we, have, we receive this knowledge, and they cannot, which may sound very arrogant, it should not, because uh, God gives you a receiver, doesn't make you, it's like, you didn't do it, he did it, right, don't get, don't, get, don't get arrogant about this, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they're spiritually appraised, but he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So this doesn't make sense to the natural man. It does not work for him. He cannot understand them. They they are spiritually appraised. He does not have the right receiver. So imagine you've just stepped out of the jungle, right? You've been raised in the jungle. You've you've just stepped out of the jungle. You're wearing your little loincloth and bikini top, whatever it is, you know, depending on who you are. (laughs) And, And you're walking down the street, and you see somebody with this little box in their hand talking to it. You're thinking, that person's crazy. That person is nuts. They're talking to a box, well, it, and, and it, you, you, because what? You cannot comprehend what they're doing to them it makes perfect sense. Of course I'm talking to the box. Mom's on the other side. <laughs> or I'm talking to the bank and I want money or you know, whatever it is. Uh, y- you've got a reason to be talking to that box and it makes perfect sense because the box is talking back and it's smarter than you are. <laughs> you know? and, 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 uh, but to the person in the jungle, it doesn't make any sense. They've never seen this. It doesn't work. Uh, they're, they're, it makes sense to, to you or to the person with the box, but it doesn't make sense to you because you've never seen it and you don't have the ability. You know, you've got a, they're broadcasting an FM and you've got an AM receiver. It's just kind of of like that. Uh, Look at the passage. I want to look at a passage that I think both explains and illustrates this. Uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3 is the must, you must be born again passage. Okay. So um, this may be familiar, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, John chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. Jesus is speaking to a guy named Nicodemus. It says Jesus, answered and said to him, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." Nicodemus said to him, "How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he?" Jesus answered, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit." Okay. Now. Uh, it explains, I said explains and illustrates. So, first, explains. It explains when you are born again, it is a spiritual birth. You were not spiritually alive, but when you are born again, you become spiritually alive. Uh, and, and when that happens, you, you receive the ability to understand spiritual truth. Because you are now spiritually alive where you were not spiritually alive before. That's the explanation. Now, the illustration. The natural man hears the phrase, born again, and thinks it's a metaphor. He reads it, he understands it, and interprets it in the only way he can, and he says it's a metaphor for having a brand new life. For instance, you, you might hear someone say, when I got off drugs and started living clean, it was like I'd been born again. It's a metaphor. It makes perfect sense as a metaphor, and the world has grabbed onto that. And you will see, born again, and you know, fill in the blank, because it, it gets used in a lot of different places. Uh, you know, born again bouncer. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's uh, and and they talk about their new start, their new life, and, and they they've done this thing, they've accomplished this thing, and now they, it's like they've been born again, and they use it as a metaphor. Let me tell you something. It's not a metaphor. It is a real event. How do I know it's real and not a metaphor? Look at how Jesus explains it. I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Jesus isn't saying, you know, this is a metaphor for something. He's saying, this is. You are born physical to have a physical life, and you are born spiritually to have a spiritual life. That's what happens. You're born again. You must be born again. It is, so, so what we have is an, an explanation of how we, we gain this ability to understand spiritual knowledge, but we also have an illustration of what happens when you don't. You read scripture, you think you understand it because you're interpreting within the bounds of what you are limited to, and you come up with a wrong conclusion that makes perfect sense to you, but it's wrong. Uh, my perfect conclusion is that guy talking to the box is insane right? What I don't know is he's actually calling the cops. Hey, there's this weird guy in a loincloth you know, and they're going to come arrest me because I'm walking down the street like that. Uh, he does not understand it. He has a reasonable sounding explanation of it, but it doesn't work because he is a natural man and cannot accept the things of the Spirit of God because they're spiritually discerned. You must be a born again, spiritually alive person to understand spiritual truths. They cannot make sense to you otherwise and he doesn't understand that he doesn't understand he thinks he understands and you're the person with problems what you really think that's not a metaphor You think that's literal there's something wrong with your thinking you're so childish right that's what you'll hear Uh, that's what you'll receive Uh, and so we have things like imagine you were colorblind but you didn't know you were colorblind right we had a friend, Steve and Jennifer, Steve was colorblind. He, he wasn't completely colorblind. He got like that red-green colorblindness or something like that, but he sometimes dressed himself. <laughs> it could be very entertaining for the rest of us. But he knew he was colorblind, right? He leaned on his wife. Jen, help me out here, right? And, and so, so it, it, it worked. But imagine you were colorblind and didn't know you were colorblind, and these people are arguing about shades and tones for decorating. It's like, why are you people making such a fuss about something that doesn't matter a bit? You, you guys are, are, are making a big deal out of something that's irrelevant and doesn't work. And the problem is, you're colorblind and don't know it. It's your, you're the one with the problem, not them. But they look foolish to you. And the fact is, we live in a world where more people are colorblind than, than can see. And to them, we're the oddball. I'm I'm not going to say we're not odd. Let's be odd for God. And and then we have it. Imagine you didn't have a sense of taste. And people are discussing the spices in a recipe. I can't imagine what it would be like to not have a sense of taste. I, I know what it is to have bad taste. I don't know taste. And, 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 but, but wouldn't it seem like a total waste of time for the people who are arguing over these things? You, don't, you not only don't understand, but you don't understand that you don't understand. And, and, and so what they're saying and what they're doing doesn't make sense. In that way, we should not make sense to the world. The spiritual man, it says the things of the Spirit of God are foolishness to the natural man. They're foolishness to the natural man, but they're not foolishness. They are true. They are truths. The, the spiritually revealed truths are every bit as true as the naturally revealed truths. Okay, They are not less true because they're spiritual. They are not iffy because they're spiritual. They're not subjective because they're spiritual. They are real and true and valid and, and if I can use the word concrete to describe spiritual, I'll do that. They're concrete truths. The things of the Spirit of God are very true, and they're important. And then spiritual man, when he says they appraise all things, again, don't get arrogant about it, but both the things of the world and the spiritual world. So we go back to the checkbook, and there's that check you want to write, but the balance in your checkbook says you can't, so you don't. So I haven't given Greg that $100,000 check (laughs) because my spiritual side says, man, I'd love to give $100,000 to that. My natural side says, that's nice. (laughs) And if I really had $100,000 I could give, I probably wouldn't (laughs) because my natural side is powerful enough. I don't know. But the the spiritual man appraises both, spiritual things and natural things. But our our values and our decisions should take both those things into into, into, uh, consideration because they're both real. Both natural things are real and spiritual things are real. And we have to take both into consideration. But the values of eternity should be our overall guiding principle. Not the values of temporality, if I can use a word like that. Not the values of this temporary passing world, but the values of the eternal uh, lasting world. And verse 16, because we have the mind of Christ. And this is a statement of praise, that God would give us such a gift because we have the mind of Christ. But I fear it is also something of a jab. Because he's telling these Corinthians, you have the mind of Christ, but which mind do I see ruling your lives? He's going to go on and start talking about uh, how childish they are, how they are immature and not spiritual. Right? They have the mind of Christ, but it's. See, I'll just skip ahead to uh, next passage. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants. And what's he saying? Saying you have the mind of Christ, but you got it parked in the garage. And you're not taking it out. You have that lifesaver, and there's a bunch of saber and there's a bunch of Jedi's running around that need to be taught a lesson, and you're keeping the thing in you saving the battery or something. I don't know what lightsabers work on. <laughs> You have the mind of Christ, but you're living like the natural man. That's the message, and that's the warning. And, and, and we, if we are not careful, are no better to them. Our values and choices should, look, should not look like the values and choices of the natural man. They should not. There should be a difference. It should be, should be demonstrable. It should be something you can demonstrate, that you can show. And, and if it is the case that they cannot, then that would be a shame. That would be a shame. We're going to stop at that. Father God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this lesson. I thank you for the mind of Christ and the ability to understand eternal values. Lord God, I pray that we will live according to your word and according to your will, be pleasing to you and and investing in eternity. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.